Welcome back for another episode of Sister in Creation, Inside the Mind of an Awakening Master. For those joining for the very first time, hey girl, hey, welcome, make yourself comfortable. My name is Malia and I'm a full-time healer and emotion therapist. I was also born and mostly raised in New Zealand, currently living in Hamilton, New Zealand right now. Now, if you hear a little jingle jangling, if you hear some birds chirping in the background, a dog barking, cars going by, don't mind that. I'm just recording this in real time and I'm not even going to concern myself with the external noises because this topic that we're going to be speaking about today is literal fire. Like, yeah, let's just get into it. (laughs) Now, I want to start off this episode by saying your trauma is not an excuse to treat people like shit. As a healer, I've worked with quite a few interesting people. And one thing that is always brought to my attention in this space is the amount of excuses that triggered people come up with in order to treat their friends, their family, and even complete strangers like crap. And if this is something that you do, I want to let you know that this is not okay. We get it. You're hurting. But does this mean that you need to make me hurt too? No. This response is a literal dead giveaway that the relationship is toxic. And I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but cue the red flags and alert sirens. Wee wee wee. Now in saying this, I am fully aware that some people don't know when their behavior is stemming from trauma. They don't know that their behavior is stemming from hurt. And this is due to a lack of awareness and education around what these behaviors are and how they show up in everyday life. I, for one, was raised in a really abusive home that used psychological and emotional manipulation. It used physical harm, religious distortion, and financial abuse to gain submissive obedience. Yeah, my life was a shit show. (laughs) And it was filled with every form of abuse possible. And you know what? I think the craziest part about this is that I believed the behavior being demonstrated at home was okay because other kids had it worse than I did. And when I finally escaped that abuse at 19, I wasn't fully aware of the detrimental effects that the years of abuse had on my psyche. I was oblivious to the fact that my emotional dysregulation that caused my anxiety and depression, my eating disorders and my attraction to toxic relationships with friends and family and partners and even work and study balance stemmed from how unsafe I was as a child and the lack of education around abuse. Now, in school, we were probably taught about physical violence being abuse. But were we taught about all the other layers of abuse that also fit this category? No, I don't think we were. And I think this has occurred because abuse is so subtly intertwined into everyday experiences. And 
the ones speaking about abuse are either abusers themselves or are in abusive cycles that silence the truth of what it means to speak up and to speak out about it. So then, of course, comes the question. If we weren't actually taught about the other layers of abuse, how can we recognize them? And, well, the answer is quite simple, actually. From my observation, abuse is only displayed for one reason, and that reason is control. Control is at the center of abuse tendencies. So I want you to ask yourself this. In your life, where do you have control? In your life, where are you wanting more control? And in your life, in order to gain that control, what have you done to get it? If your way of gaining control involves shaming, belittling, name-calling, if it involves downplaying, judging, criticizing, comparing, denying, or even withholding, I want to let you know that these are all layers of abuse. So come with me. Let's go a little deeper into a few of these. Let's talk about shame. Shame is one of the most common ways of influencing and manipulating a person into submissive silence. Shame is predominantly passed through genetic lineage and is what I call the secret keeper. Within the indigenous culture, when shame is felt, it can sometimes be labelled as a curse. But as someone that works with the spiritual realm, I'm going to call bullshit on that right now. A curse is only as strong as the ones that continue to keep abuse, trauma, and hurt hidden. All right, (laughs) let's jump over to downplaying. I had a really interesting experience happen during my teens. I had opened up to some church and family friends about the abuse that was going on at home. And after I shared these experiences, I was met with an interesting response. In between bursts of laughter, they recounted their own experiences and said, well, that's what you're going to have to live with. Like, this is normal because you live in an islander family, so just get over it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that actually happened. So interesting. (laughs) Downplaying an experience occurs when you want to create a feeling of normalcy in an uncertain situation. And in prolonged experiences of abuse, downplaying is a survival tactic. Withholding. This can show up as depriving someone of time, of resources such as food or basic necessities, or even explanations. So, yes, this means that ghosting or giving someone the silent treatment also fits into the category of abuse. Comparison. This one might be pretty self-explanatory, but 
comparing one thing to another in an attempt to make someone feel superior or inferior is what comparison is. This shows up predominantly with parents that aren't satisfied in their relationships with themselves. They usually have a tendency to seek external approval and this shows in the way of being egotistical and prideful or even as people-pleasing for the fear of others' judgments or criticisms. This tendency is also cultivated in the education system, which is exactly why so many people don't see that this is an issue. Now, I could literally go on for days about each of these, but I want to make this super easy for you to follow along with. I'm also certain that if you are here and listening, it's because you're wanting to understand what to do in order to change these behaviours if you display any. So, listen up. The way to stop abuse is to be radically honest with yourself. Acknowledge your behaviours and get clear on the things that are setting this off. Your desire for control stems from feeling unsafe. A lot of the time... It stems from not feeling heard, not feeling seen. It can stem from feeling misunderstood. And it also can stem from feeling out of control in your own life. So ask yourself these questions. Where in your life do you want more control? Why do you want more control in this area? What is preventing you from having control here? And how can you gain control of this situation without bringing harm to or hurting yourself and others? Now, to conclude this chat, I'll leave you with one final message. When you are feeling unsafe in your environment, whether that be your body, your relationships, your life in general, there is always another way of creating safety that doesn't involve hurting others or yourself. And if you can't see what that answer is, it's probably time to go and find someone that can see it so that you can stop feeling unsafe, so that you can create that safety within yourself, whether that be for the first time or to recreate it again. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, go ahead and share this on your socials and with your friends and family. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching Malia Mikuli. I'd love to know what your thoughts were on this topic and what conversations this sparked for you. But until next time, I'll see you later.